So do you think that this is the is the role that sparked his Lincoln commercials? Oh, oh my god, a hundred percent or not sparked, but I think this was this was the Lincoln commercials were just a nugget of an idea back then. You have to take the entity that you were in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past and bring it to a silent driver Lincoln commercial. But it's all gonna be in your head. You're gonna tell the story through your mind. Yeah, the, the, those commercials were just a little seed. And we had to water them over the next ten oh years, but this god. was this was us planting the seed that would become the Lincoln commercial. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you found us here, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Ghosts, Ghosts of Girlfriends, Girlfriends Past. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you throw us a follow. There's also like a bell icon now on Spotify and that'll update you. Like, I think you even get a notification of new episodes. So if you would like to be notified, hit that. Apple Podcasts, you can uh, subscribe and leave reviews. We love to read them. They also help more people find us. So please do that. And if you want to reach out on Instagram and TikTok at Romcom Rewind. We have a message from Ashley. She said something borrowed is out on Netflix now. And she said, oh, I was listening several days ago to some of the old podcasts and y'all were talking about Jennifer Aniston and her lack of (laughs) rom-coms. Have y'all heard of Picture Perfect? It's one of my favorites. It stars Jay Moore and Kevin Bacon. Devin loves Kevin Bacon. Oh, I love Kevin Bacon. Okay, if you're not aware, by the way, there's a crazy stupid love theory where... I think Kevin Bacon is more attractive than Steve Carell. It's not a theory that you're right. Steve it's, Carell it's, is more attractive than Kevin Bacon. No, no, it's you're right. It's not a theory. It's fact. Kevin Bacon no. is more attractive than Steve Carell. Exactly. I yeah. don't know in what world do you live in that you think Kevin Bacon is more attractive than Steve Carell. Like, I, so many levels you are wrong. It's unbelievable to me. At Romcom Rewind. Oh my god. Fire us a DM on Instagram. Yeah, and let us know. It's Steve funny, Carell or Kevin Bacon. It's funny you framed it as uh, at any level because there is that joke like levels of Kevin Bacon where everybody is six degrees of separation from being a friend of Kevin Bacon's or something like that. Do you remember really? That? No, I thought that was Brad Pitt. No, I think it's Kevin Bacon. Oh, really? Yeah. It's or is that Tom so- Cruise? I always get Tom Cruise. <laughs> Brad Pitt makes <laughs> <laughs> uh, picture perfect though Wait so yeah. does that star Jennifer Aniston Is that the point that she's Yeah doing? yes oh, okay. Yeah um, And then she went on to say um, I just love you guys It's like watching the movies over again When y'all re- review them Yeah Thank you so much Thank you so much Ashley So Ghost of Girlfriends Past Is a 2009 romantic comedy Directed by Mark Waters Based on the 1843 Charles Dickens novella A Christmas Carol Ghosts of Girlfriends Past Is the story of Connor Mead, played by Matthew McConaughey. Now, Connor is a world-renowned photographer and infamous womanizer, morally, kind of a little bit of a horrible person, I think, maybe a little bit misogynistic, we'll get into it, but yep. as yep. his little brother Paul, played by Brecken Meyer, is getting married back at their uncle's estate, Connor is forced to return to his childhood stomping ground, and along the way, perhaps, he has to face his past, or rather, the ghosts of girlfriends past, what led him to this point in life, which is where our girl Jenny Parati comes in, Jennifer Garner. And ultimately, he learns where his future will lie if he stays on this path, much like, you know, a Christmas carol. Just rom comized with Matthew McConaughey. That's the lead up for our story. What are your thoughts on this movie? Good morning, Connor. Versace is on one. Okay. 
One, two, three. You're ravishing. Kiki, Nadja, Charlize, it's not gonna work out for us. Tell me you're not breaking up with me on a conference call. Don't listen to these ladies. They are crazy. Connor, we can still hear you when you cover the camera, oh. you know. I'm psyched you came. I didn't think you were gonna make the rehearsal. Yeah. Connor Mead. Jimmy Parati. If you do anything to detract from her wedding, I will sneak into your room in the middle of the night and cut off your favorite appendage. Now, the first part sounds nice. This is gonna be tougher than I thought. <laughs> I'm here to warn you, kid. Tonight, you're gonna be visited by three ghosts. Look away. You're dead. This movie's a goodie. I mean, what better way to kick off the holiday season of rom-com movies than with this one? <laughs> I liked it. I loved it. It's a classic story with three ghosts, you know, great actors, soundtrack, storyline. I really enjoyed this movie. This movie is like comfort food. It is. Oh, that's so such a good, good call. Yeah. It is, good, it is comfort it, food. It, it's exactly what you want out of a holiday romantic comedy. It's mm-hmm. it's easy to watch. It's funny. The acting is sublime. Jennifer Garner. Why don't we get more of her lately? I, I know. I love Jennifer her. Garner. I follow her on TikTok and um, she was making, was it Pad Thai the other day? And I just loved watching her make it. <laughs> It's so funny. I love her. And and the best part of this movie, which is really the comfort food part of it, which Sarah will love, for a holiday rom-com, I just need to know that everyone ends up happy in the end. Everyone ends up with somebody, right? Connor and Jenny end up together. Polly and Sandra end up together. The bridesmaids all get to bang the nerdy groomsmen. The assistant gets to sleep with the random guy who came. Like, everybody, I think, ends up happy in the end. Yes, Uncle Wayne tries to hit on, you know, Allison... From the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, every everybody yeah. tries. But, but spoiler alert, he's already dead, so <laughs> he's fine. Um, the other thing I'll say about this one is that I think this movie is maximum Matthew McConaughey. Like, I think this is exactly who Matthew McConaughey thought he was back at this point in his life, if, if that makes sense. Like, for example, um, Schitt's Creek, David Rose. Yeah, yes. David. I don't Ew, think David. Dan Levy was actually acting in that role. I think that's just who Dan Levy is. Like, I think he's no. just charming and funny. Oh, he's funny. charming and funny. Absolutely. But, like, I think that's who he thinks he, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of like David. Schitt's Creek is absolutely one of my favorite. And, Amazing. And I, I love the character of David. Actually, no. All of those characters, they did a phenomenal job. Just... Yes, David was was great. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm getting at? Where yeah. like I think Matthew McConaughey, I, I I think the director was like, Okay, Matthew, we're we're picturing you're like a sex god and he's like, Well, all right. Oh I, my god. I, yeah, I think I could yeah. do that. I'm like, okay, so so you're gonna be super charming, but you're like you're an artsy photographer with a tortured past and he's like, say no more, Doc. I'm I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. Like So do you think that this is the is the role that sparked his Lincoln commercials? Oh, oh my God, a hundred percent, or not sparked, but I think this was, this was the Lincoln commercials were just a nugget of an idea back then. You have to take the entity that you were in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past and bring it to a silent driver Lincoln commercial, but it's all going to be in your head. You're going to tell the story through your mind. Yeah. Those commercials were just a little seed and we had to water them over the next 10 years, but this was, this was us planting the seed that would become the Lincoln commercials. I I actually chuckle whenever the Lincoln commercials come on now because I'm like oh my god I still can't believe he did this like what what possessed you to do like to say okay I'll go along with this like the Lincoln commercials where I'm not talking throughout the entire thing but it's all in my head like yeah. it's all being voiced right so the same guy who thought that was a good idea was like I'm gonna do this ridiculous uh, holiday romantic comedy but it's a great oh, movie god. like I'm not making fun of the movie I'm just like this this is not Matthew McConaughey acting this is Matthew McConaughey being like ah another Saturday let's 
Let's go around and womanize some ladies. I I do love Matthew McConaughey. I can't I can't I can't not love him. There's nothing to hate about him, really. Love him. Um, so let's dive into the first scene. Okay, can we just talk about how super sexist this is? Like, uh, I was uncomfortable. I was about to say you're you're saying you love Matthew McConaughey, but there are a few things about this role that yes. I'm like. Meh. So, like, when you say like it is Matthew McConaughey, these parts I don't know. I mean, you know, because Matthew McConaughey and I are friends, like we chat all the time, like obviously I know. Um, But all to say, the first scene was super sexist and it was really uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if it was like a 2009 thing. 100% it was a 2009 thing. But like now I don't know if it would work as well. Like it was really, really a bit cringy where they put like they made the women in the scene seem so desperate for Connor that it was like, okay, this is like too they're trying too hard. See, I thought it was cringy, but then I immediately thought, well, it's it's not like the ugly truth. Like the ugly truth was actually pretty misogynistic. This yeah. is like, okay, we're building out this womanizer character and it's whatever. Well, when he breaks up with the three girls over the webcam, he broke up with these girls in front of Christina, was a total ass to them dated them all at the same time and they were like oh my god this is like what we didn't know about all these other girls and christina's like i still want you and it's like how desperate are you well this was directed by a guy and that that's how you know this was directed by but a guy i was just like this is just sad <laughs> like you're 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 that would never so happen desperate like <laughs> So he ends up going to Uncle Wayne's old mansion. So Uncle Wayne has passed away, and I guess they they own this mansion still. The kids grew up there after their parents died in a car crash. So Uncle Wayne, um, who has since passed on, um, basically raised them. And he is heading to, Connor's heading to Uncle Wayne's mansion because his little brother, Paul, is getting married to Sandra. Sandra, Lacey. Lacey Chabert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he shows up and it's the rehearsal dinner. So it's the day before the wedding. And so this all happens kind of in, in a 24, 36 hour span, I would say. Um, and the bride to be is freaking out over the salad, missing the figs. Okay. So since we got married, did you find like, we got married recently in September, you and I, um, do you find that like at any point, like I freaked out about like the weirdest things or, um, no, I, I think there were a few things. Oh man, I need to be very careful in what oh I say my here. God. No, absolutely not. You were totally fine. Oh, thank there. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, listen, it's, it's one of those things where like once the day is happening, you're kind of like, okay, this is just how it is. It happened to be raining on our wedding day. Yes. We didn't get to do our, our ceremony outside. outside yeah. Is what it is. We're, yeah, yeah. The, the, we adapted. The, this ship has set sail at this point. You're not going to be able to change anything once you're day of. So. And I think, I think the best advice I got was that, and I think it was from my mom. She said, no one will know what was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because they they don't know the difference, right? Like everything they see is what they think was supposed to happen. So just remember that. And it did help me with the whole rain thing because we had to move our entire ceremony inside the venue. We had rented chairs, buy a thousand dollars. I never saw that again because oh, no. we didn't use oh, those chairs. You're right? Yeah, oh, we man. didn't use those chairs. They're just sad. Oh, <laughs> I know. I didn't I... even realize oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> we had rented white chairs to outside for outside at our ceremony, <laughs> and we never used them. <laughs> I don't even want to do this pod anymore. You just, you literally in this moment just reminded me of a thousand dollars we wasted on chairs. So you know what, Sandra? I get you freaking out about the no figs. figs. Yeah, ah! those figs were probably three dollars per. Fig. I was gonna no, say, did she pay for the figs already? Yo, now I'm pissed. Oh I get it. I get it. I'm you on under- Sandra's side. You understand side. her bride- bridezilla situation? Yeah, yeah. 
So Connor's there and everyone's kind of like, oh, like everybody points out that he has slept with all of the bridesmaids but one. Yeah. And um, he gets drunk and he's he's really not one. And we'll dive into it a little bit further. But he is not one that believes in love. He thinks Paul getting married is. Um, the crux of the story is that uh, Connor was hurt in his past in yes. high school, which we're going to get yeah. to. And then Uncle Wayne kind of took him under his wing and is like, listen. You know, he, he says things like the power in a relationship lies with whoever cares less. Yes. You know, he says stuff like this. Um, you know, when people get married, all they do is get fat and miserable and stuff like that. So Polly even says like, hey, Connor, I was hoping you would make a speech at, at the wedding tomorrow. And literally everybody around the room is like, really, Polly? Like, you want that? Not a good idea. Connor himself is like, ah, I don't I don't really do speeches. And he does say, like, I just don't believe in marriage just kind of a crappy thing to say to your brother who is getting married tomorrow but yeah but yeah i want to i want to go back to the bridesmaid thing okay. okay okay so it is teed up during this movie that like mm -hmm. the bridesmaids connor is there which yes. also is very like i don't know if it's just feels weird that connor is there for the <clears throat> pleasure of the bridesmaids we'll say that's kind of like hinted at not so subtly i've been to weddings i've never felt like Oh, like the bridesmaids got to get nailed, you know, like they really teed that kind of storyline up. Like all the bridesmaids were like, oh, we don't want to get stuck with the groomsmen. Yeah. Thank God Connor's here. So at least one of us can sleep with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think like is it along the same lines that there's always that singles table and you, you always think that the singles table is going to hook up? Yes. Yes. You know, no, like, but but that's legit. Though. Right. I actually well, think that's real. Agreed. Yes. Like I find like people get put at the singles table because they're either significant other standing in the wedding party or they didn't have any like they don't have a plus one or didn't have a date yeah. ring and you put them there and then you see what magic can happen. Is the singles table a magic happen? Situation? I think the singles Whereas, table like, is, I have no idea where to put you. So mm, here, true. let's just put all the random ones yeah. in a box. I, th I think that's a guy's way of thinking that everybody, like the single groomsman is going to nail the bridesmaids or the single guy at yeah. the wedding. We're going to fly somebody in for, for the single bridesmaids so they can right. get nailed. Cause, yeah. Cause like, that was the idea with Jenny too, yes. how there was some random guy who was going to be at the wedding who's supposed to be like her. Yeah. Wedding sex. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's like more of a guy's way of thinking like i absolutely think absolutely <laughs> i don't think that's real no i i'm, I'm just being nice like yeah. it is a hundred percent what guys think what happens at weddings whereas like girls i don't i don't know it depends like if you're ready to if you're ready to mingle like you go to weddings to to hook up like right. you go to weddings like i mean i i have some girlfriends who go to weddings who are single who are on a hunt like they are hunting mm. for the single guy and they're successful <laughs> But I think... Oh, political Sarah's here. Okay. They... <laughs> they completed their task of hunting down a single guy. Thank you for... <laughs> and they have a really good time. They came with their agenda. Okay, what am I doing at this wedding? Ah, single guy. Check. I've completed it. Good but I, job. But I think whenever it's in a movie like this and like so, so at the forefront, like I think that's just like... A guy's way of thinking. 100%. So Connor goes um, to hit the guy's washroom, and this is where he first sees Ghost Uncle Wayne. Dun, dun, dun. He's drunk already, um, so he just blames it on the drinks. And Uncle Wayne tells him that he will be visited by three ghosts who are going to make him feel things that he doesn't want to feel about his past, present, and future. And of course, Connor's like, oh my God, like I'm going crazy. Something was in the drink, like whatever. He leaves the bathroom and he goes up to the bar and asks for another drink because I mean, at that point, why not just keep drinking? Have yeah, another, definitely. If you think sure. it's the drinks, just keep on drinking. Um, 
so there's another woman standing at the bar and he goes up to her and starts feeling her up thinking that it's a ghost yeah like not in ghost land like what is happening and it turns out that it is the mother of the bride yeah that was a little strange it was because there was no there was no reason for it in the movie like at all like there was no reason for this but like if i am thinking hey maybe everyone around me is not real i'm not reaching for a tit you know like i'm reaching for an elbow maybe a hand hand, something (laughs) (laughs) non-sexual why go right for a boob like in what world would anyone anyone Go up to somebody and just like grab their tits. Oh, are you real? Reaches out and yeah. grabs a nipple. Like what? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's not okay. They're real. Yeah, they are real. <laughs> and that's Thank what she you. says. Yeah, they're real. <laughs> then he proceeds to immediately try to hit on her. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, you first thought she was a ghost, which now you're now you may be hitting on a ghost, but you don't know. Like it's so weird. The whole thing. We establish immediately that is uh, the mother of the bride. Yes. So that is going to be your brother's mother-in-law, mm-hmm. and you're like. This is fine. I, I I can dip my toe in into oh, this. Oh God! Oh no no no, Devin. no 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 no! That was a figure of speech, not a literal. <laughs> I Jesus, know. That's but weird. Still. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on. That was a weird analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the first ghost. So okay, I'm gonna break it down by the the ghosts now. Okay. So for the first ghost, which is the ghost of Christmas past or um, girlfriend's past, yeah. is Allison. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Lover. You forgot that she was in this. Oh my God! I, I absolutely. You would too. As soon as oh, you yeah. see her, you're like, wow, that's that's Emma Stone, but it's not, you know? Yeah, so I was watching this movie a little bit before Devin started this movie, and and I remember Devin kind of looked over at me. He was like, is that who I think it is? I well, like, I could only hear the audio. And I was like, who do you think it is? And he goes, well, my girl Emma Stone. <laughs> my like, girl Emma <laughs> Stone. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> yes, it is. And I was like, you're going to love love her in this movie because she is, again, such an eclectic character. Oh. They knew each other in high school. No, sorry, in in middle school. In middle school. Yeah. Um, and so Allison takes him back through all of his um, ex-girlfriends and figures out why his, as she said, head is stuck up his own ass. Yes. And the, the key person that we learn about. Well, first of all, there's a thing where it, it turns out that Jenny, who's Jennifer Garner, um, she was kind of a family friend of theirs. Like there's a moment yeah, at up. Wayne's mansion where she actually gives him his first camera yeah. and he takes a picture of her. And that's like the first picture that he has. And we, we get a little bit of a tiny bit of, well, listen, can we call a spade a spade? We know what's going to happen here. Of course. There's two people on the cover of this movie. There's Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer <laughs> Garner. They're going to end up together in some way. Yes. And just a side note, though. So it's the summer of 1982 when all of this is happening. Okay. And um, they are little kids. They are little kids. And um, yes, he gives her, Jenny gives him uh, her his first camera and takes, he takes a picture of her and says, I'm going to keep this forever. And that's key because they mm. rewind it. Allison rewinds it for him about five times because he doesn't believe that he would say something like that because he's so jaded against love and this and this form of relationship in his life that he doesn't believe he would ever say that since the very beginning of time. And he says, I'm always going to keep this picture. That That's important. So next stop is middle school. And guess who is playing Jenny again? Krista B. Allen. Krista B. Allen. Who is also in 13 Going on 30. Yeah. She's also young Jennifer Garner. Yes, yes. And um, they're actually kind of semi-dating. So Connor and Jenny are dating. Mm, kind are of, kind dating? of. They're, they've been hanging out. They're they flirting. Like, they're flirting. They kind of like, they're like in the schoolyard kicking dirt at each other, you know? Exactly. That's, that's yes, the point. Yes, like yeah. um, a slow dance comes on. And of course, like 
I remember going to school dances and being totally freaked out when when slow songs came oh, on because it's terrifying. Oh my god, it is. Especially when you didn't have anybody to dance with. You're like, oh my god, like is somebody gonna ask me? Like, should I ask somebody? And you don't want to ever ask somebody as the girl. You're just like waiting to be asked. Can we play this out? Because sure. I'm I'm the guy, and I've literally never thought about this scenario oh, since okay. those moments because like, you know, <laughs> it's a horrible moment. But like, <laughs> if any guy asks you out, are yeah. you like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Really? I think so. Yeah, because like... 80% of the time you're saying yes? Sure. Let's do that. Wow, that's... You know what? That should be good motivation for our young middle school boys out there. Just ask. Probably, like, chances are it's going to be a yes. Because you know what? No girl wants to stand there by herself. Because if you asked a little boy that, like, in middle school, hey, what are the chances you ask that girl (laughs) and she says yes? He's like... Five percent, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You're assuming the answer is going to be no. Unless... You know, you've you've built that foundation, which Connor and Jenny had, but... Yes, but he chickens out. He chokes. He does. He chokes. Jenny's at, waiting there for him to ask her, and his her friends run up to her and say, oh my God, so-and-so wants to dance with you. She goes, oh, okay, like, and, and make out with you with tongue. Oh my and God, because so- <laughs> he's like a 10th grader or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know? Um, and so she goes to dance with him and he misses out on his chance. And so he goes home crying to his uncle and his uncle takes him out. And this is kind of where everything changes. This is where be- he becomes the womanizer that he is. And Uncle Wayne has some rules. He says, don't look at them. That's true. When you meet a girl, give them two compliments above the neck and then you insult her. Do you want to play this out right now? Okay, sure. I'm not going to play it out on you. We're going to do a little role reversal. Right. You play it out on me and let's see if it works. So you walked up to me at the bar. Okay. Um, I <laughs> I really like your beard. Okay. Oh, thank and you. And your eyes are so nice. Oh. I love the colors of them. But I don't like your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> you went for the jeans? That's I don't know. Insult. I don't know. What, what, like, I can't think of an insult off the, I like you. <laughs> Oh, but your hair's sticking up like alfalfa. Oh, 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 wow. Okay, okay, and now I get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. But would that make you want more? Um, it wouldn't make me want more. No, if no, I complimented twice and then insulted. No, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that that works. Do you think that it works? Has it worked for you in the past? Because to me, if you insult me, why the heck would I want to be around you? Controversial opinion. No. I think it actually does work. No. 100% it does. Not necessarily. I, I don't agree with the insults, but just saying something a little bit like off, you know? Oh, you have a really nice smile. Like that, yeah. But but saying something off-putting like that, like something else? No, I don't think that works. I mean, there is this like vibe that girls want guys who are a little bit like, uh, not offside, but I, I do think the two compliments and then an insult thing could work. Is that like a really antiquated way of looking at it? Am I just an ass? No, I don't think you're an ass, but I think maybe the bad guy, like the bad boy vibe works better than the insult vibe. No, that's what I mean where it's like not necessarily an insult, but something just a little off, you know? At this bar, which he's totally underage, so I have no idea how he was allowed to stay. But anyway. Uncle Wayne's a badass. Uncle Wayne shows him how he picks up at the bar. Mm -hmm. He does say something really important. Don't look at them. He's like, I think he says, like, dames are like horses. Oh they sp- spook easily. Yes, he Which, did say that. Just saying the word dame annoys me. Rule number one, don't look at them. Dames are like horses. They spook easy. Cheers, Dutch. But he's not wrong, though. You don't want to 
You don't want to look right at them. You don't want to, you, you know, until you get the eye contact or until you know what you're going to do, so you don't look at them. she has to give him the eye contact. No, 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 no. no. Oh, but just, okay. you know, notice them and then kind of think of a game plan and then, you know, approach. But don't just like, oh my God, there's a woman there and just stare <laughs> at them for a sec. Because then now you've lost the, the element of surprise. Right, right. Of mystery. Yeah. Um, so the next stop is a party in high school in Ricky's basement and um, they haven't seen each other. Jenny and Connor haven't seen each other basically since that night, really. And uh, Jenny's there, but he walks down the stairs, flips an old cassette or a new cassette, I should say, of poison. Hey, Connor's here. I uh, got the new poison. Yeah, yeah, the new Poison album, and which apparently her. was like the most badass thing. I got the new Poison guys, and he just throws it at somebody. <laughs> wow! Hopefully, somebody was on the other end to catch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he ignores her the whole time, and this is how we know how Connor and Allison know each other. Yeah, Emma Stone. She was, she his, was first. his first, which is like so funny. Yeah, I think this, is, and it lasted not very long. Yeah. So let's just talk about that. Um. <laughs> But she does say, like, I'm like the Neil Armstrong of Connor Mead. I was I was the first. The first one. Yeah. Yes. Like, that scene is pretty short. And then we go to when he's older. So, again, there's a lot of time that passes between every time Connor and Jenny have seen each other. Right. We spend a lot of time in the Ghosts of Girlfriends past. We yes. spend a lot of time in with this, the past. Yeah, we do. A little bit with the present and, yeah. like, two scenes with the future. Yes, yes. Which I actually like. Like, I loved, like, I would say the compilation of scenes. Mm. Of the past is my favorite part of the oh, parts 100%. of this movie. Well, there's a great part coming up here because we're meeting again. Now we fast forward what, like maybe like ten years? Probably ten years. Yeah, I would say about that. Connor and Jenny are both becoming career people, yeah. and they meet each other at like a restaurant or mm -hmm. at a bar or something. Mm -hmm. He's got very long hair. Yeah, and he's surrounded by women. He's waxing poetic. Oh yes, Ugh. yes, his poetry. Yeah, we yeah. have reached peak Matthew McConaughey here. We have, and um, he spots Jenny by her voice, and he goes up to her, and they have a they have a chat at the bar, and you know what? I've got a question about most cheesiest way a guy has ever hit on you. At the bar, because okay. Connor is chatting her up. Mm -hmm. He makes, you know, uh, he's like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm doing this. And he's like, oh, great. I think she was like she's a resident. A yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah, you know, world famous photographer. I make X amount of dollars. And he's like, oh, you need a drink. And he asks the bartender for a drink. But he does ask for like a dirty martini. And he starts speaking in Spanish a little bit. And Jenny says, wow, you <laughs> just told me your salary. And then you spoke Spanish to that white bartender over there. You are like a sleazeball. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he totally. takes it in stride. He's like, ah, you know. Uh, I am, yeah. What's the cheesiest or like most, most like uh, F-boy-ist thing somebody said to you at the bar? I was at the bar and a guy came up to me and I didn't know this at the time what he was quoting because I actually thought they were his words. Okay. But in retrospect, he was quoting Drake. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Wait, he quoted Drake to you at the bar. What did he say? Do you remember? No, I don't. It, they were lyrics of, of Drake's, hey, though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to look up. 
Let's play this out. Okay, I've got okay. it. Oh, I've got Drake lyrics. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So you tell me if any of these are the ones, but let's okay. play this up like I'm at the bar yeah. and I'm going to hit you with a Drake lyric. Okay. And he didn't sing it. He he like <clears throat> just said it as if it were like quoted. Right, right. Like, so we're going to have some, some Drake instrumental in the background, but I'm not okay. going to sing these. I'm just going to say them to okay. you. <clears throat> if I ever loved you, I'll always love you. That's how I was raised. No. No? <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Turns out I'm, I'm looking through this site with like dra- emotional Drake lyrics. He is fantastic. Okay, this is a good one. I need someone that'll help me think of someone besides myself. No. Is that you? No, no but that would be good. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. That's when you're the prettiest. I hope that you don't take it wrong. It was that. What? It was that? We found it? Yes. No. Yes. Some guy quoted that to you? Yes. That's from Best I Ever Had, oh by the way. Oh, my God. Drake. Yep. Oh, yes. man. Okay, so it was that. And in retrospect, I was like, this is like when. Okay, so I think the song had just come out. And I, di- I, I don't know if I hadn't heard it yet or didn't know the lyrics of the song yet. And so, like, I genuinely thought that, like, he had come up with these words like oh like you know with no makeup on sweatpants that's like, oh cute. like you that, know that's, you really want like an organic like kind of cute i guess what i guess no in retrospect no hold on hold on can i quote two more to you because <laughs> yeah. I, I found some more good ones all right <clears throat> hey girl you're still the one that i adore ain't much out there to have feelings for oh my god that one's bad no okay okay that one's like one? your second best can, can i uh okay hey girl can I take you home or come to where you stay? Do you live on your own? I heard you got your ways. Okay, the fact that you have to ask if she lives on her own, maybe she's too young for you. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh. When the party's over, just don't forget me. We'll change the pace and we'll just go slow. Oh, that, that might get some girls. I don't know. Drake and Rihanna. Take care great song oh my god anyway it was very very funny okay do you have any songs uh, do you <laughs> no <laughs> i songs. do not quote drake <laughs> no, lyrics to women sarah probably <laughs> the best <laughs> it's probably for the best and then okay i remember finding out that it was a drake song and i was appalled i was like oh my god i that can't asshole. believe i can't believe he quoted like he didn't he couldn't even come up with that himself like uh, how, many, how many girls do you think he said that exact line to that hundreds night? yeah <laughs> i am sure hundreds hundreds absolutely like i have no doubt in my mind that he used that on many ladies absolutely that's awesome do you have an example uh yeah so i and this is very embarrassing this is very connor mead of me honestly or actually so so i was at a wedding and i was hanging out with a guy who i think thought he was like a connor mead i think he still thinks he's like a connor mead you know he's like he's a full f boy thinks he's like i've heard him say appalling things to women horrible person to be around at a wedding because eventually by the end of the night you know i was flirting with a bridesmaid and uh i walked up to her near the end of the night i'm like hey you want to make a bad decision tonight oh my That's god what I said to her. devin <laughs> yeah, i know did you go home with her no oh yeah she, <laughs> she's probably like no thank she you was <laughs> yeah, she did not oh like that oh my god <laughs> That's hilarious. But, like, but she was chill enough to be like, dude, did you actually just say that to me? And I'm like, eh, yeah. Oh God, she I'm she called dying. over some friends. She's like, hold, hold on, hold on. Say say what you no. just said to them. <laughs> and I was like, How Whatever. embarrassing. Yeah, I'll say it again. Like I knew her previously, so okay. like we were comfortable, but she was definitely like, nope. That's hilarious. That's a no for me, dog. Oh my God. Wanna make a bad decision tonight. Yeah. 
my doesn't God. work, guys. No, it probably wouldn't. It's not a good... It's, yeah, no, no. No girl wants to make a bad decision. We were drinking. That guy had this drink where it's like a Corona, but you, you toss a shot of tequila in it. Oh, that sounds awful. So like Ooh. I had like five or six of those. Devin's no. having a good time at this wedding, okay? So they do end up after this point, after the restaurant, they, they make plans to go for dinner. And Jenny is very standoffish. She doesn't want to get too too into it too quickly. And so she... She makes them date, essentially, which yeah. good for you, girl. After several weeks, he finally makes it inside. Well, we do a classic cliche romantic comedy yes, montage of absolutely. dating. Yes. And after then, yeah. wooing. He they, makes it inside. Yes. And they do have sex. And unfortunately, he realizes, and this is one of Uncle Wayne's rules, don't spoon. That's how you know you're falling in love and you're getting to a relationship that's not just, you know, about sex, is that if you're spooning someone and he realizes that he, after sex, was spooning Jenny and he leaves. But before that, he realizes that he is, in fact, in love with her. And that that's why he leaves, really. Mm-hmm. He's scared. Yeah. He dips out. And then she wakes up in the morning. This was heartbreaking because oh my she God, realizes I that know. he's not there. She gets a phone call so she thinks it's him and actually in the reenactment with Emma Stone's character can't remember her name Allison you know Connor's kind of a little bit devastated remembering that he left her seeing her react to it really really sad and the phone rings and Connor's like oh my god I called he did not call it was her work calling and she's like yeah I'll come in early, whatever and she's like holding back tears really emotional that was almost a weep warning for me yeah and Connor's like, I don't want to see this. And Allison's and Allison's like, no, you have to watch this because this is part of what you need to see. This is what you did. This is what the destruction along the way that you've made for Jenny throughout the years. Yeah. Every single time you've left her, every single time, you know, you've gotten too close, you've left. And this is what you leave in your path. And so after this, Allison walks Connor through his past ex-girlfriends. It's like thousands of them thousands of them and this was almost my best scene because i thought it was so funny (laughs) like i was like oh my god what a what a good way to like show how the destruction in his path right like what a way to show this is all after jenny's relationship with him and kind of how he spirals out of control this ends allison's ghost that is the ghost of girlfriend's past so we snap back to present time we do and this is my best scene this is my best scene. No, really? Wait, wait. I'm talking about the cake falling. Me scene. too. Oh no, that's the best scene. <laughs> that's okay. We haven't we haven't had this best scene, same best scene in a really no, long time. No, we haven't. Um, this was hilarious when he destroys the wedding cake. Okay, he he comes back. He snaps back into reality, and he's freaking out. He's like, "What the heck did I just see?" Runs to the kitchen. Our boy pop, needs a drink. Pops a bottle of champagne. And may I just add, who actually knows how to pop a bottle of champagne? Correctly, because I sure don't. It takes me like forever to pop a bottle of champagne correctly. Oh, Sarah. I know. Uh, a lot. Like, it's not uncommon to know how to pop a bottle well, of champagne. I am so afraid of hitting the ceiling all the time. One of my bosses had a thing where like whenever there were like certain uh, goals that we would have each year. And once we hit those goals, we would pop a bottle of champagne. But he would shake it up a little bit. Oh, no. And wherever it hit the ceiling. No, no, no. Wherever oh, okay. it hit the ceiling, he would mark that spot. Like fiscal 2021 Aww, reached budget cool. of whatever. And then you can kind of see, oh, wow, that's okay. So that mark up there is when we accomplished our goal th- that year. Wow. And nothing's ever made a hole. Well, that's the point, right? It makes like a tiny little indent. He circles oh. that indent, writes the date on it. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. 
That's really cool. Sarah, you I don't know said if I like it. I don't know if I like <laughs> it. I don't, or, or like, I think it's pro- destruction of property. Like, I don't know. You said I interesting and your face said absolutely not. <laughs> Political like, Sarah is here to say like, that seems irresponsible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is a little irresponsible because I have to That's say. destruction of property. Fixing, it's a tiny Fixing dense. ceilings sucks. Painting ceilings sucks. Like, I don't know why he would want to do that because like to level off a ceiling is really, really difficult. Yeah, but it's a work ceiling so it's not like a oh, proper okay. ceiling no it's like those ones that <laughs> you don't live there who cares it's i'm not, not paying the it's bill. not my property <laughs> it's those ceilings that you can kind of like pop a drop ceiling up. yeah drop them. Oh, whatever. Okay. whatever that makes it better because you can always change the tiles out connor mead pops that bottle of champagne and sarah's worst fear it doesn't hit the ceiling no 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 <laughs> it hits um the pillar on the wedding cake. It's like a four-level wedding cake. I was going to say, it's like a four-tiered wedding cake. It's massive for the amount of people that you end up seeing at their wedding. It is not that many people. And Connor realizes as it's about to fall, so he grabs the one end. And I don't really, like you guys know, I'm not a fan of slapstick comedy. This does crack me up, though. <laughs> it's the whole Connor Mead going, it's like full ballet Ma- Matthew McConaughey, where he realizes, okay, I can prop the champagne bottle underneath this this level of the cake. And he's like fully extending, like stretching right out to reach with his foot while his hand is holding the cake, (laughs) the other bottle of champagne. And here's the thing I love the most about this scene is that when it eventually falls, we, the audience, we don't see it fall. Yes. Yes. We just hear it. We're seeing Jenny, who is dancing with that with that guy who's supposed to be her wedding sex or whatever. They're having a flirty moment. All the bridesmaids and the groomsmen are dancing and we hear what happens yes and then we follow jenny as she comes around the corner and we see matthew mcconaughey do an amazing exasperated like like, did you see that hilarious hold on back up that sounded like a cartoon character did you mean for it to sound like a cartoon i think it sounded more like tim allen from uh oh my god uh, Oh my you know? god, it did. Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> did not mean for it to sound. It was like, like that. really, really intense. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's the exasperated expression though. Right. Yes. It and yes, it was wild. It was really, really funny. The aftermath of it, I mean Sandra was having Sandra a bride, bride was Sandra was having a moment, yeah. more so than the figs. And so after this whole debacle jenny's helping him clean up and side note i don't know if we ever said this but jenny is one of sandra's best friends and maid of honor for Mm -hmm. sandra and so she's not only known um connor and his brother paul but also knows sandra and is her best friend so she's been there she's kind of planning and coordinating the whole thing and so she is there with connor helping clean up and in that moment connor tries to reconcile with her and tells her that he's sorry for everything that he's that he's done and that he loves her but she knows in that moment that it's not true. He's just having a freak out and wants and doesn't want to be alone. And, and Connor even says it, which like bad move, dude. You almost had her on the hook, but you said, I don't want to be alone tonight. But you know what I like about this is that it I find sometimes in romantic comedies, we just like flip a switch and it's like, OK, and now and now we the main character other. feels right. And now we love each other or now the main character feels like this. I like this because Connor was starting to feel bad for what he did for Jenny. Yeah. But we didn't get the full, like, he didn't go through the entire process. Right. He's like a third of the way, literally, through the process. And this is where the next ghost comes in. His assistant, uh, Mel, who is of Girlfriend's Present. And he's like, why are you here? And she's like, you're the only relationship 
you're like, I'm the only person you actually have a relationship right now, and I am your assistant. And it sucks. And I love her, like, very dour sense of comedy. She's very... She is funny. Like, grating in a, in a funny way, though. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. good. Yeah, and so they, again, they're in ghost mode, so nobody can see them. And so they both, Mel and Connor, walk into the, the grand living room, and everyone's there trash talking about Connor basically yeah. this was the bridesmaids the groomsmen um you know Paul and this the was mother-in-law the mother-in-law yeah <laughs> the, the father-in-law yeah and it's a touching scene because when they're all trash talking him Paul comes to his rescue and says you know he's my brother he basically raised me he didn't get to have a childhood he he didn't get to do all the things that he wanted to do you know at an age when he's supposed to be a kid he's he's busy taking care of one he taught me how to read he taught me how to ride a bike. He beat the crap out of any kid who ever teased me. Now he always said, he said, Polly, it's you and me against the world. Now my point is, I, I had the opportunity to be a nice kid and Connor didn't. Now I know he seems like a joke to you guys and, and trust me, y'all have fair points, but that guy is the only family I've got. And if there's one thing family does, it is believe against all odds in the best of each other. That was a, you almost felt the emotion and that it was real. Like what he was saying was actually legit real and that he loved his brother so, so much. Um, because Connor was seven when their parents passed. Paul was only two. Yeah. So yeah, it was Connor teaching him how to ride a bike and teaching him how to read and stuff like that. God knows Uncle Wayne I was, gonna say, was not good at that stuff. Yeah, he was at the, he was at the bar picking up. So Jenny walks in and just before that, all the bridesmaids are saying how like Jenny is still obsessed with with Connor and how she hasn't gotten over him yet. And and of course, Jenny walks in and hears all of this and she runs out and breaks down and starts, you know, just trying to make the wedding cake look better, I guess. <laughs> and wedding sex guy, because I don't actually even know his name. No, I don't know his name. Either. Um, Talks to her and really helps her try to start to move on from Connor, I think. And... In that moment, Connor's standing there with Mel, ghost mode again, and Connor realizes that with all of his BS that he's put been putting Jenny through throughout the years, he's actually bringing wedding sex guy and Jenny closer together. Yeah. He doesn't like that very much, but he hasn't come to terms with it yet. We need to continue the process. Yes. To and stage so, three. So at that moment, he snaps back into reality. Right. And he goes into the house to find everyone freaking out because... Earlier in the movie... Connor makes a comment to one of the bridesmaids saying, oh, like, are you the one that Polly slept with back in the day? Because Connor has a rule now. He doesn't, as he says, cross swords with his brother. Oh, God. Yeah, not, uh, don't love that. But that bridesmaid kind of, you know, gets it in her head. Oh, my God. Like, Polly slept with one of us bridesmaids. And I guess while, you know, Connor Mead was having this ghost of girlfriend's pet present moment, there was a meltdown happening with Sandra where she found out that Polly had slept with one Donna. of the bridesmaids. Yes. Donna, yeah. Yeah. But like but it happened in the past. Yes. It happened years, years ago. When Sandra and Polly were just like they weren't even dating yet. Oh they my were God. just talking. Yeah, but this is like a classic friends Rachel and Ross thing where Sandra thinks they were dating and Paul thinks that they weren't dating. Okay. Were we on a break? Hold on. <laughs> Ross, they were on a break. I'm actually oh team God. Ross on this. And you I know, know that's also not a popular Because I was going to say, Ross is not my favorite character. He is actually, out of all of them, my least favorite character. I do not like Ross whatsoever. But you agree that they were on a break. I don't know. I haven't seen it in, in like a year. I agree that they um, were not on a break. Whoa, okay, come on. 
They weren't on a break. We'll have to circle back. At Romcom Rewind on, oh on Instagram, please let us know. I'm team on a break. But so so the meltdown is happening. Yes, yes. Sandra. Tells and, Paul to leave. Well, yep. and then Paul in turn, and, and Connor comes in kind of in the middle of it and tries to help out. And Paulie tells Connor, like, listen, you have been screwing things up your entire the entire time you're here. You should just leave. Get that's, the hell out of here. That's what I meant. Paul told Connor to leave. <laughs> you knew. You you were picking up what I'm putting and down. Then, and then on the way out to the driveway, Connor is yelling into the universe, I know I've got one more girlfriend to come, but I've been told to leave the premises. <laughs> and then, of course, of course, Ghost of Girlfriend's future. Yes. Which, like, him. they never really connected who she was to him. No. Um, she is, you know, she was a woman dressed in all white, and the future is grim for him. The future is grim. Yeah. Well, we see him at a chapel. Yes. And uh, Jenny is up on the uh, at altar. the altar, and who is with her? But wedding sex guy. <laughs> we still don't know his name. Who is that guy? Brad. Brad. Um, it's Brad. And and it's funny because Connor first sees Jenny, and he's like, "Oh, like this? This is this my future? This is great. I can work with this." And I think he's starting to realize, "Hey, Jenny's the woman who I want to see walking down the aisle towards me." But who's already at the altar? It's wedding sex guy. And he's like, no, no. You know the way that Matthew McConaughey yes. does the nose. <laughs> and then the wedding, we, we jump quickly to the wedding being over. And there's only one person still in the chapel. It's his brother, Polly, not wearing a wedding ring. So Connor is putting everything together. Okay, Polly never got married. That one's on me. Jenny married wedding sex guy. It's also on me. Then we snap to, what, like 40 years down the road, yep. however long it is. Yeah. We're following Polly walking into the woods. He's an old man, and there's a funeral happening. And that funeral is for Connor Mead. And w- Uncle Wayne's there, and he reveals, hey, listen, man. like, There's only one person at my funeral? That's the way it works, Dutch. Guys like us, we don't get the big funeral. I didn't expect big Uncle Wayne, but this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know how to soften this one for you, Dutch. Uh, nobody's really gonna miss you. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, if you if you push everybody away, you're gonna have nobody left. I think that sits deep with Connor, because he wakes up and it's uh, in his bed, and it's the day of his brother's wedding. But Sandra had actually called it off, and they were on their way back to the airport. So Connor takes it upon himself. He says, this whole thing is my fault. Jumps in Uncle Wayne's car and chases after them. Goes through the bushes, which like, dude, you would have hit a tree. But anyway. Um, it's a rom-com. We're, we're, we'll let it's it It's a slide. rom-com. Yeah. He punches out Sandra's dad, who's, yeah. who's a colonel, and um, gives an impassioned speech to Sandra. Love and it is speech. so good. You got to risk love. You got to risk love. Yeah. I understand why you're running away because you're scared. And I know you're scared because I was scared too. And I thought, you know. You know what? It scared the hell out of me too. What if she hurt me? You know, what if she left me? What if she died? It had been the end of me. So I cut it short before she ever could. And you know what? It was the biggest mistake I have ever made. And you're making that same mistake right now, and I'll be goddamned if I'm going to sit by and watch. You got to risk love, Sandra. Risk it. And I love it because Jenny can hear the whole thing. Jenny can hear the whole thing. So really, it's an impassioned speech to Sandra. But the byproduct here is that Jenny now knows exactly how he feels. Yeah. And so Sandra agrees, yes, I totally want to marry Paul. And so they go back, they get married, and Connor gives a best man speech. And it is a great speech. Well, it's a great speech. You know what? Like, this movie... 
I think it does have a few shortcomings, but it is packaged very well, if that makes sense, because during his speech, Connor Mead brings up the fact, he's like, listen, our Uncle Wayne used to say the power in a relationship lies in whoever cares less, and I think that's true. But I think the important thing is whoever cares more is happier in a relationship, right? And it's it was like a really nice, you know, common full circle, like everything else in this movie, when he mentions their parents and how they would be so proud. Oh my of, god, you know, I know. Ooh, weep warning. That was, that was my weep warning. Yeah. That was so wow. Oh my god. So they wrapped up the wedding in a nice little bow. Yes, and then it goes to where it they they go back to where it all started, on the swing set. Connor and Jenny are sitting on the swing set. Yeah, Connor walks out. Jenny's already there at the swing set. They're chatting, and he pulls out the photo that he took of Jenny when they were kids, and the one that he said he would never, ever get rid of. And even that he questioned Ghost of Girlfriend's past. Allison, are you sure I said that? Yes. They rewound a few times, Yeah. which I kind of thought was funny because he knows that he said it because he did keep it, right? Yes. Oh, and he kept it. I I was like, oh my God, yes. And it's like when you gave your speech at the at the wedding, you know, um, you kept your receipt from our very first date. Ooh, is that? Have we talked about that on the pod? I don't. I don't know. Should we talk about that now? Yes, we can. Okay. If you so want. my, it's funny because Sarah was very stressed about her part of our speech at the wedding. I was. And I've known what my part in the speech was going to be for so long. I was going to tell the story of how we met in our first kiss and how Sarah tried to, you know, punch me or oh like, you know, jujitsu or whatever, <laughs> tried to hit me. But um, our our second date. Oh, second date. Yeah. It, it was our second date. Yeah. Um, I kept the receipt that we got at dinner. And that receipt happened to be very important because moments later we would actually share our first kiss. So I could say i know the exact date time moment location that uh oh my god Wait, this is almost say, another week yeah you are you are oh, yeah. i just like i was again. i was so touched because i it was it's wild that you kept the receipt from our like second date all these years it's like you knew we'd get married anyway it's just like super touching god, i'm tearing up guys so like that's kind of what made me think of like this scene um made me think of that i'm still oh he's up. crying yep yeah, okay I'm people crying. How am I the emotional one on this podcast? This is, ugh. Just go to quick facts already. Quick facts. This is the second time that Krista B. Allen has played the younger version of a character played by Jennifer Garner. The first time it was in 13 Going on 30. Originally set to play the lead role of this movie was Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith was set to direct. Harvey Weinstein, who produced all of Smith's movies at Miramax, didn't want Smith going to Disney. Uh, because that's where Ben Affleck was going to go, and offered him money to direct a prequel to Fletch if he could get Affleck to play the lead. Fletch the movie went briefly into production, but then Ben Affleck decided to go to Disney anyway, and Smith's movie was canceled. Production of Ghosts of Girlfriends Past was set to begin in the fall of 2003, but there were some concerns on budget and the failure of Gigli in 2003 and caused the studio to cancel the movie one month prior to shooting. When the movie got picked up by New Line Cinema years later, Ben Affleck's then-wife, Jennifer Garner, set to play star opposite Matthew McConaughey. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I know. It weird was series to be ben of Ben Affleck. Events. He ends up with Jennifer Garner anyway. Yeah. Strange. When Ben Affleck was set to play the lead role, offers went out to Warren Beatty, Robert De Niro, Bill Murray, and Jack Nicholson for the part of Uncle Wayne. Jack Nicholson is the first person I thought of who could Agreed. also do it. Uh, I completely agree. I, c- I don't know if I can see Robert De Niro, but um, yeah, I can Nicholson also see for sure. I can also see Bill Murray. Uh, I don't think he's 
suave enough. I was gonna. I was about to say sexy, and I'm like, man, it's not the word. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that. Lacey Chabert plays the bride in this movie, and Rachel Boston as a bridesmaid. Both of these actresses regularly star in romantic comedies featuring weddings for the Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. Lacey Chabert also worked on another Mark Waters movie in Mean Girls in 2004. Whoa, that was Mark Waters too. Wow. Ann Archer and Michael Douglas have also been in Fatal Attraction in 1987 together. In this movie, however, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, they don't have any scenes together. This is the first of two movies to feature Jennifer Garner and Matthew McConaughey. The second was in 2013 and was Dallas Buyers Club. This movie is based on the novella A Christmas Carol in 1843 by Charles Dickens. It was released in Germany as Night of the (laughs) Ex-Girlfriends. That's pretty on the nose. Hallmark Channel has made a movie this year called Boyfriends of Christmas Past, which is a remake of this movie with a different angle to the story. Another Jennifer Garner movie that is an homage to the 80s movie is 13 Going on 30. In the street scene after Connor visits the flat of his secretary, there is an old-style bookshop in the background next to the stairs to the secretary's apartment. The name of the bookshop in gold print letters across the glass window is Fezziwig's Books is Fezziwig's Books. This is a reference to the movie's inspiration, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Mr. Fezziwig was a character from the original tale. He was Ebenezer Scrooge's first boss and a cheery soul compared to Scrooge. Many of the actors and actresses in this movie would go on to play roles based on Marvel comic book characters. Jennifer Garner would go on to play Elektra in Daredevil. Michael Douglas would play Hank Pym in Ant-Man movies. And Emma Stone goes on to play Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention is Lacey Chabert. Oh, I. you know what? I do like her. Yeah. I do. I like her because you know what? I I mean, you you all know I love Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, my God. Um, but I loved her in Mean Girls. Like, she blew me away. And she is really good in this movie. Like, I forgot she was kind of the, well, I forgot she was kind of a lead in this movie, um, being the bride. Well, side, side lead. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, you need to be in more, like, big rom-coms she's actually a very good actress she is i I really like her yeah uh i like michael douglas i I love michael douglas i would say for me honorable mention if you didn't say lacy i was gonna say lacy second honorable mention michael douglas he is the perfect he's the perfect old man matthew mcconaughey like he's just so charming and so suave yeah my earlier comment about bill murray is like a no-go now like thinking about michael douglas more mm, he was the perfect cast for this yeah love it same with Jack Nicholson. Like, I could yes, see yes, him I being could. the womanizer. Hey, you yeah. know? Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it is kind of cringy, isn't <laughs> I don't know. it, right? I don't know. It 100% <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. What should have been? Okay, so this is our kickoff to Christmas and holiday season for us. Mm-hmm. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. And it's based on the novella, you know, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. I really wish this would have been a Christmas wedding, like at Christmas. It's during the winter. Right. Um, but it was focused around the wedding and not so much, you know, a Christmas theme or, or a holiday theme. And I wish it would have been more along the lines of, of the storyline of the Christmas time. Because um, in my mind, it is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas story. Well, and especially because it's, it's so similar to, well, I mean, it is based on yeah. A Christmas Carol, which is like a Christmas story. That this one is the same framework in the winter, but yes. it's not like Christmas. It just happens to be in the winter. My what should have been is um, is actually a what should be. Oh. We need to get ma- back to making more movies like this. I agree. Like, in my mind, this is the exact embodiment of 2000's rom-com heyday. You know, this movie 
cost about $37 million to make. They took home a little bit over $100 mil, so perfect. Love it. Making money for the studio. That's great. Acting is good. Story and script is great. I just miss these types of rom-coms. And I think we've been trying to do them with, like, I don't know, with with not as good actors or not as good script. Well, or... and, I, and I think more of a teen essence, right? Yes. They're trying to bring the, like, um, they have the buy-in from... You know, us, we love rom-coms, yeah. but I think they're trying to buy in the, you know, the teen rom-coms. And I think we need more adult rom-coms well, back, you know? I was going to say, like, teen rom-coms have been back for a couple of years yep, now. Yep. So does that mean in five, ten years we'll get back to these? Because oh, we're like, I okay, so. we kind of built this, you know, genre of teen romantic comedies. In ten years they're going to want this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I like it. I'd oh. like to think so. I just want to be back to that. I know. Me too. And now rewatchability. My rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4.5. Storyline, 4. Thirst Factor, 5. Imagination, 3.75, because it's based on a novella. Uh, soundtrack, 5. Cheese, 4, for an overall score of 4.4 out of 5. Wow, that's a high score. It is. I love it. Okay, mine's a little bit lower. Chemistry, 4.5. Storyline, 3.8. Thirst Factor, a 4. Imagination, 3.5. Soundtrack, 4. Cheese 4.5. Loved the quantity and quality of cheese in this. And I want to be, <laughs> you know, serious about that. For an overall score for me of 4.05. Okay, it's still really good. Still very good. And you know what? B- before we watched this, I kind of had it in my mind like, oh, I think this movie got a little bit of flack when it came out, didn't it? I don't, like, I don't oh, remember. It's another Matthew McConaughey rom-com. Oh, great. Like, rewatching this? There's it's a good. reason it's a goodie. why he made so many of these movies. It's just good. Mm-hmm. It's just a good, solid movie. Agreed. And this has been the rom-com rewind of Ghost of Girlfriends Past. I think we're going to be doing a lot of like uh, questions and Q&As on our uh, Instagram. So if you don't follow us already, at Rom-Com Rewind, we love to hear your thoughts. And they really do help steer some of the conversation on these pods. So if you want to reach out, please do on TikTok is the same. And if you're not following us and subscribing on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, respectively, please do that. Thanks for listening.